The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Well, we're in a series right now at New Song we've been in for the last month called The Songs of Christmas. And uh, in this series, what we've been doing is we've been taking some of the the famous songs of the Christmas season, some of those really well-known songs that we all know, and looking at the themes of those songs from a biblical perspective. And so we've talked about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We've talked about uh, Blue Christmas, the the Elvis song. Uh, Last week, my wife taught about All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. If you missed any of these and you're wondering how we did this, you can go back and listen to our podcast and, and check those out. And today I want to kind of close this out as we kind of close out the Christmas season, you know, as we move towards Christmas, by looking at a very famous song called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Now, I know there's some of you in here that don't know me real well, so I want to kind of make something real clear to you as we go into this, okay? And that is this. I love Christmas. I am a huge, huge Christmas fan. Uh, I love Christmas music. I love Christmas movies. In our house, we make a big deal out of Christmas, and I love the traditions of Christmas. I'm big on it. We we go get our kids' picture taken with Santa Claus. We put up three trees in our house. We we do the whole thing. I'm not one of these guys, one of these preachers that's going to get up and say, well, you know, if you take Santa and you rearrange those words, you get the word Satan. I guess not me, okay? Because here's, here's the truth. If you take God and you rearrange it, you get dog. So I don't really put a whole lot of stock in the rearranging of the letters of, of saints. And now, I, I will say this, we think it's important in our home, and we think it's important for all of us that Santa, that, not Santa, but Jesus is at the center of your Christmas because he's what Christmas is all about. And we work really hard in our home to make sure our kids understand that and, and to make sure that we remember that and keep that the focus of it. But, but we're not, you know, I'm not down on Christmas traditions as long as you keep the main thing the main thing. Now, I say all that because today in this message, I'm going to kind of talk about Santa in a bad light, okay? And it's not to dog Santa, but my point is this. I want you to see today how much better we have it with Jesus. How much better the deal is that Jesus offers us than Santa or anyone else could ever offer you. What, what Jesus brings to us is an amazing, amazing thing. Okay, so this song, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I started looking at it this week and and studying it. And you know, it's a song I've heard my whole life. Most all of you have heard this song. You know the song. It's a very upbeat, kind of happy song. But as I started looking at it this week, I was amazed to realize it's a very threatening song. Really, it is. Like you, 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 you don't think of it that way because you always hear like some cowboy singing it and kind of, you know, you kind of bop along to it. But if you really look at the lyrics, and we're going to look at them here in a second, like I got this image of like some guy in, a, in his basement like cutting out letters out of magazines, like a ransom note. It reads like a ransom note. Okay, check this out. Ready? First line of the song, you better watch out. You better watch out. R- right? Anybody? It says you better watch out. You better not cry. You better. You better not. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Now think about if this was anyone else. Jimmy's coming to town. You better watch out. Jimmy's coming. You better not cry or pout. He's coming. Right? But we we don't think that way, okay? It goes on to say, he's making a list. (laughs) Okay. 
He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Now, I don't know if it's just me. The word naughty doesn't sit well with me. It just feels kind of dirty. Naughty, right? Anybody else? This guy's making a list of who's naughty. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. Next line. You ready? Here we go. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So for the love of God, be good for goodness sake. Seriously, it's such a creepy song. Now think about it. If I actually came up to you and I said, hey, there's this guy and he's watching you. And he's, he's watching you all the time. He sees you when you sleep and he's making a list. He's determining whether your behavior is naughty or nice, right? What are you going to do? You're going to go, who is this person? And you're going to dial 911 because that's a stalker. And this is what we tell our children at Christmas time. You better watch out, right? And we even reinforce it with stuff like the elf on a shelf. A little doll, a little elf that we put around our house and we tell our kids, he's watching you, you know? And at night he comes alive and he goes back to Santa. And then the next morning you wake up and he's somewhere in your, in your room, which parents, it's a good one to put him like right above the headboard of your kids, like looking down at him in the morning. No, don't do that. That might freak him out. But dolls that come alive, I don't know what generation you came up in, but when I was growing up, dolls that came alive, Chucky, anybody? It's not a, not a real good thing, right? And, and, and yet this is, this is what we, we say. And, and so here, here's, here's the point of this song, okay? Santa is watching you. He, he's got his eye on you. He's watching you. He's watching your behavior. And he's going to determine, based on your behavior, if you have been good or if you've been bad, but the underlying theme here really is you better watch out the first line of the song because he's, he's watching you. And that's the doctrine of Santa. That's what, we, that's what we tell our kids. That's what we believe about Santa. And, and we're all fine with that. And here's why. Because it's you know, not really real. Hopefully I'm not bursting any bubbles in here tonight, but we know it's, you know it's kind of something made up and make believe and it's pretend and so it's kind of fun and we don't really make that big of a deal. But the problem is this. Sometimes we take this this idea, this concept of Santa and this kind of works-related behavior kind of stuff and we move that into our concept of God. And we see God from the same perspective of like, you better watch out. You better not mess up. You better do a lot of good things and your good better outweigh your bad or you're going to get bad things in, in your life. But let me just tell you, Jesus, what he offers you is so much better than that. In fact, I want to look at this tonight with you. And here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to take these two stars of Christmas. You know, you think about Christmas. You've got these two major characters in the Christmas story today in the modern world that we live in. You have Santa Claus and you have Jesus. And and they both come to us at the Christmas season offering us something. And what I want to show you tonight is that what, what Jesus offers us is so, so much better than what we, this offer that we get from Santa, or maybe the offer of what we think it should be like when it comes to God, okay? So I have three things I want to show you, the difference between how Santa relates to you and how Jesus relates to you, okay? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. If not, you can follow along with me up here on the screens. Number one is this, Santa extorts, Jesus exhorts. Santa extorts, Jesus exhorts, okay? It's back to the song. It says, he sees you when you're sleeping, He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. 
So be good for goodness sake. Now the idea here is this idea of him being omniscient. That he, he sees everything about you. He knows things about you. And so what does he do with this information that he has on you? Well, he kind of he hangs it over your head and he uses it to keep you under his thumb. And, and the goal of Santa is to get you to produce the kind of behavior that he wants to get out of you by saying, well, if you do good, you're going to get good things. But if you do bad, you're going to get bad things. You're going to get a lump of coal, which is a rock. And here's what that lump of coal says. It, it says to you, that you messed up, that you failed, that you didn't live up to the standard, but it also declares that to the world around you. It shows everyone else, hey, this guy didn't measure up. This person didn't do good enough, and so this is what they get. They're exposed before everyone. And that, my friends, is extortion. That's what it is. The definition of extortion is the practice of obtaining something through force or threats. And really, we don't think about it that way, but that's kind of what Santa does. He comes to us and he says, you either do it my way, and if you do a good enough job, if your good outweighs the bad, then you'll get something pretty good. But if you don't, you better watch out because you're going to get something bad. You're going to get this lump of coal that tells everyone that you did not measure up, that embarrasses you. But that's not what Jesus offers us. See, Jesus sees you, and he, he really does. He really is omniscient. And he sees you, and he sees you wherever you may be today, and he loves you wherever you may be today. The Bible says this in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. He demonstrated his love towards us. How did he do it? And that while we were yet sinners, while we were at our worst, while we were a mess, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, Jesus died for you and for me at our worst He didn't die for a cleaned up version of you. He died for you at your worst. See, Jesus is omniscient. He sees you in the worst moment of your life. He sees the things that no one else has seen. He saw you when you thought that thought that was the worst thought you've ever thought. He saw you when you said those words that were the worst words you've ever said. When you did that deed that was the worst thing you've ever done. And here's what Jesus says at that moment in your life. He says, I love you. And I want to accept you. And I want to help you. Because here's what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't extort. He doesn't doesn't try to take something from you. He exhorts you. Here's what exhort means. It means he encourages us. And a strong, he strongly encourages us. And and here's what he encourages you to do. He encourages you to, to come to him. To come to him in whatever kind of darkness, whatever kind of mess, whatever kind of fear, whatever wherever you may be, in the middle of that. He encourages you to come to him at that moment. And he wants to give you rest. He wants to give you freedom. He wants to give you peace. That's what he brings to the table. So Santa extorts. He, he wants to take something from you. He wants, to, he wants to produce a certain kind of behavior, and so he'll take something from you in order to produce that. But Jesus exhorts you. He wants to give you something. He wants to give you salvation. Why? Because here's what Jesus wants from you. You. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to know you and to be known from you to him. He want, that's what he wants from you. Okay, so, so Santa extorts, Jesus exhorts. Number two, Santa gives you what you deserve. Jesus gives you what you don't deserve. Now, I was working on this message this last week, and I was in this coffee shop kind of going through it, and I felt God kind of speak to me, and he said, hey, look up what a gift is. 
And so I looked up gift, the definition of gift. And here's what a gift is. A gift by definition is a thing given willingly to someone without payment. So a gift by the true sense of the word is something that you're given uh, and, and when you're given this, it's, it's given to you for free. There's nothing, there's no strings attached. It's, a, it's free. It's not based on anything. Now think about it. That's not what Santa does. Santa doesn't give gifts. We all think of it that way, but that's really not what he does. Santa presents you with presents based on your behavior. What you get from Santa is a, is a direct result of how you did, how good you did, what your life produced. Either it's going to be good or it's going to be bad. That's what he gives to you. So if your performance is good, you get good things. But if your performance doesn't quite measure up, then you're going to get bad things. And so what Santa does is he's trying to convince us to do good so we can get these good things so that we don't receive the bad things. And really when you think about it, that's, that's fear-based motivation. He, he's, he said, I'm coming and you're going to get what you deserve according to me. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus comes to us and he offers us a gift. And he offers us a gift, not based on what we deserve. It's based on what he's done for us. It's not based on our performance. It's based on his performance at the cross. It's based on what he did for us. See, here's what Jesus did. Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Okay, so here's what that means. Wages are not something that you're given for free. Wages are something that you earn. And, and when we sin, what we earned through our sin is death. And that's what everyone earns. The Bible says we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. So Jesus came to this earth, and he became a human being, and he lived a perfect life. He never sinned. And so the wages of sin were not owed him. He would have never died because he never sinned. But he willingly laid down his life on a cross and took the wages that he didn't deserve. In fact, God poured out all sin onto him. And he had never sinned. He put all sin on, upon him. And so Jesus took on all of this stuff that he did not deserve, that wasn't owed him. And here's the beautiful thing. Because, of he, because he took what he didn't deserve, we can freely receive what we don't deserve, which is grace, which is salvation. See, grace is unmerited favor. It's something you could never earn. On your best day, according to your best behavior, you could never get it. And that's what Jesus offers us. This grace that he gives us is something that we can't earn. It's, it's not something that we can, we can do good enough to get. It's something that he gives us freely. So Santa gives you what you deserve, but Jesus gives you what you don't deserve. He offers you salvation that you cannot earn. And it's not because you deserve it. It's because he earned it for you. So number three, Santa maintains a list of our sins, but Jesus remembers our sins no more. Santa maintains a list of our sins, but Jesus remembers our sins no more. Remember the song, it says he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's gonna find out. You better, you better bet yourself on it. He's gonna find out. He's gonna find out if you were naughty or nice. There's no wiggle room. There's no way around it. He is meticulously watching you and tracking your every behavior and he's marking down every bad thing that you do and he's keeping this list. And so at the end, if, if your good behavior outweighs your bad, then you're gonna get good. But if your bad behavior outweighs your good, then you're gonna get bad. And that's how it works. He's gonna make a determination on your life based on the balance of your behavior. So that begs the question for us is, where do we land on this nice or naughty list? And the reality of the world that we live in today is this. We're all born into a world 
that is, that is broken and that is sinful. And because of that, we all enter into this world and we all sin. And so every one of us is born into a world where we move on to the naughty list. And, and it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what kind of behavior we may try to produce. We cannot get ourselves off that list. We can't do enough good things to outweigh the bad. Because see, here's the thing about God. Here's how it works with God. It's not just some idea of good that, that gets us into God's favor. It's perfection. It's got to be absolute perfection. Because God is a perfect God. Let me show you this in scripture. James 2.10 says this. It says, for, for whosoever shall keep the whole law. It's talking about the Bible. It's talking about all the rules, the Ten Commandments, everything in the Bible. It says, whoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point. Everybody say one. You offend in one point. Look at what it says. He is guilty of all. So here's what that says. If you do keep every law in the Bible, which there's a lot of them, and let me just tell you, it's impossible. And yet you just mess up in one thing, it says you're guilty of all. Why? Because God's standard is perfection because God is perfect. God requires perfection. And so this is a big problem for us because none of us are perfect. And here's why it's an even bigger problem. Because the punishment at the end of the day for not being perfect, not living up to God's standard is not a lump of coal. It's eternal death. It's eternal separation from God in this place called hell. That's what we are all owed. We, remember, we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's separation from God. That's what we all deserve. But here's what makes Jesus so amazing. Jesus doesn't keep that list of your bad things. When you surrender your life to him, when you surrender your heart over to him, here's what he does. He destroys the list of sin against you. And his perfection, his goodness, becomes your perfection becomes your goodness. See, here's what God did. God required perfection. And since none of us could live up to his requirement, God supplied what he required through his son, Jesus Christ. And my friends, that is the good news of Christmas. That Jesus came to this earth. That, that, that God, God came to this earth. He, he wrapped himself in flesh and became a gift for us. So that we could be saved. He lived that perfect life. He died a, a, a death that wasn't owed him. That he didn't deserve. And now through him, we can receive something we don't deserve. Forgiveness. We can receive our sins being washed away. We can walk in his light. That's amazing. That's what Jesus came to do. That's the gift of Christmas. I want to invite the band to come up at this time. Jesus remembers our sins no more the day we believe in Jesus Christ. We put our faith in him and make him the Lord and Savior of our life. He destroys the list against us. He washes our sins away and he, gets, he forgives them forever, forever. And that's why we celebrate. Jesus was really clear. He, he said this about himself in Luke 19, verse 10. He said, the son of man, he's talking about himself. The son of man came to find lost people and save them. That's why he came. See, me and you, because of sin, because of the, the mistakes that we made, because we weren't perfect, we were lost in our sin. We were lost in darkness. But Jesus came, and he came to make a way. He came to forgive us. He came to, to be light in this world. And I don't know where you may be here tonight. I don't know what kind of, how you entered into this, this 
room tonight. I don't know what you may be dealing with. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel like you're of no value. Like you don't really bring a lot of value to the table for whatever reason. I don't know what it may be, but you just feel like maybe you feel like some things have passed you by or you've messed up or you've missed it or you've made some mistakes and your value is less to God. But let me just tell you, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, you are of great value to God. And here's how I know. Value is determined by what someone is willing to pay for something. You know how much your house is worth? It's worth exactly what someone would pay for it. Not a penny more, not a penny less. And so Jesus declared your value and we see it in John 3, 16. The most famous scripture in all of the Bible. The one that they hold up behind the, the big football stands and we see when they're kicking field goals. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. See, God valued you, you so much. Here's what he gave for you. Here's what he was willing to pay for you. He was willing to pay himself. God came for you. Wherever you may be tonight, he came to rescue you from darkness, to rescue you from sin. He came to erase the, the law or the stains against your life, to declare that you are forgiven and you are free. Not to hold things over your head, but to, to walk with you and have a relationship with you and know you. That's why he came. And that's why we can celebrate Christmas. When you came into the auditorium tonight, you received a candle. If you would go ahead and pull that out. I'm gonna ask our media team to go ahead and darken the lights. When we sit here in darkness, and it's not even completely dark, but... We're in darkness right now to remember what this world was like before Jesus came. It was a dark world. And maybe you can't relate to what the world looked like before Jesus was born in that manger 2,000 years ago, but maybe you can relate it this way to what your life looked like before Jesus came into it. You were lost and it was dark and it was scary. It was a mess. And there was no hope. There was no peace. But a light came in the form of a baby. And Jesus came into the darkness. And he came to bring light into your life. And he came that first Christmas to be the light. And he died on the cross so that you could replicate the light that he came to bring to this world. things we remember at Christmas time is that the light came and now we are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. The prophet Isaiah prophesying about Jesus said this. He said, people walking in darkness, there would be a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light would dawn. To us, a child would be born. To us, a son would be given. And Christmas is a celebration of the fact that 2,000 years ago, light came into the darkness. God put on skin and became approachable and touchable. Think about this. 
the omnipresent one, downsized himself to the confines of a human womb. The omnipotent one became a helpless baby that had to be fed and nursed and burped. The omniscient one had to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. God, who was everything, became nothing so that you could become something. The light came so that his light could shine in us. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.